Hey everyone, this is Jim, and you're listening to the Faith Tested by Fire podcast. Hey, welcome back again. This is Jim. And today I want to uh, ask you a question. Are you making things harder than they need to be? Are you overthinking things? And the reason why I put this out there is that I've said this in other podcasts before, is that we have so much information out there today. I don't care what the topic is, including the Bible, um, including God, prayer, uh, prosperity, healing, all any topic that uh, touches human existence, you can go online and find just a ton of information. Uh, same thing with other topics. But I have to ask myself, in spite of all the information out there, is the quality of life really any better? Are people really making any more progress than they did before they had access to this information? Because one of the things I noticed is that oftentimes information doesn't actually um, do much beside cloud the issue. When I, when I was a kid, maybe this will date me a little bit, I remember uh, going in the freezer and all things being equal, there were uh, just a few types of ice cream flavors out there. There was chocolate, vanilla, and then you would buy the... Um, I forgot what they call it, the Neapolitan, where it had the chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry in it. And and that was basically it. Now today, I think, uh, what is there, like two million flavors? I don't know, but uh, that's just a, an example. Um, there were maybe a handful of television stations um, that you had locally before there was cable. Uh, there was just a handful of national news figures there were uh, probably about one, just a fraction of the choices when it came to the movies that you saw, um, the games that you played, the everything else. Everything has just multiplied, um, and everything has become more complex in a lot of ways. I would say things are easier absolutely because of certain types of technology that you have machines that could do things that used to have to be done by hand um, I know people who are in the um, who are carpenters and painters and things like that and and I know that the equipment that they have today is uh, far and beyond what was available in, let's say the uh, 70s to do bigger jobs or make a job easier and um, same thing with mechanics. The tools today are, are incredible. But here's the thing. We're talking about now in, in light of the Bible, in light of God and the progress that you make in your life, uh, spiritually speaking. If you look at uh, certain scriptures, let me see if I have my, um, if I even have this open. Oh, let me check this out here in the regular. Okay. I have an old-fashioned physical Bible in front of me. 
I was going to open up my uh, program, but I figured let me just read it from here because it's open. Okay, this is Mark chapter 4, the parable of the seed. Uh, notice after the parable's done in the uh, 27th verse, let me, let me start in the 26th. It says, and he said, this is the New King James Version. The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow he himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head or the ear, then the full grain in the head. So notice this, that he sleeps night and day and the seed grows. He himself does not know how. The interesting thing about that, he doesn't have to know how. I mean, think about certain things that you don't understand how they work at all. So you have to rely on somebody else to do it. And there's a certain, to a certain extent, there's some things that's really good that you don't know how they work because they are so complex and maybe you just don't have an aptitude for doing that kind of thing. So here's an example. We were getting some chairs reupholstered at my uh, parents' house and I took the seats off the chairs and brought them to get done. Now, here's what I didn't do, and here's what I didn't know. What I should have done was I should have labeled each cushion and each chair so that even though there were only four, ch four chairs and four cushions that go on the chairs, they're wooden chairs. So the holes that are bored through aren't exactly the same they don't line up. In other words, you can't take the cushion on chair A and use it on chair B. You can't take uh, chair the fourth chair and use the first cushion on it a lot of times because you need the one that went with that chair originally because they drilled the holes in such a way that, I mean, maybe it's just like an eighth of, or not even an eighth of an inch, but a sixteenth of an inch further to the right than on the other chair. And believe me, when you're putting a screw in that's about two inches long or whatever it was, um, you've got issues. So the other thing was I tried to use do it by hand. So if you've got like a, um, a drill and you have the bit in there, you know, for the Phillips head, I mean, there's, there's a lot of intricate things. Let me just end it there that go with it. And I didn't know any of them. Okay, maybe I knew like one out of five. And so I managed to get one chair cushion back on and it wasn't 100% tight. So if I lift up the chair, there was like a little bit of um, gap in there where I could feel it moving just a little bit. And I don't even want to tell you how long that took to finally get that right. And then the, the, um, the uh, chair... The, where the uh, material stretched over, it went over the hole. So I had to refine the holes and then I had to like, you have to put like holes through the material or else when the screw is turning in, it catches the material and it could pull the uh, material or stretch it. I mean, there's just a whole bunch of things that go into it. So needless to say, um, unless I'm going to do that for a living or do like a whole bunch of them, it's easier just to give that job to somebody else who knows how to do it. Well, you can apply that to anything. I mean, some people can't even sew a button on, right? Uh, maybe if they had a sewing machine, they could sew a button on. 
Um, other people couldn't figure out how to change the oil in their car if their life depended on it, and they had all of the tools there that you could possibly need to get the job done. They wouldn't know how to do it. Um, other simple things. People wouldn't know how to hang a door. Somebody wouldn't know how to uh, grow a vegetable in a garden. Somebody wouldn't know how to um, fillet a fish that they caught or even catch the fish to begin with. So the older that you get, the more opportunity you have to learn certain things. And there's certain things that you do know, right? And there's certain things that other people don't know that you know really well. And they come to you when they need help or advice or they need understanding on something. You don't even have to be the best in the world at what you do. All you have to do is know a little bit more than somebody else and people will ask you. So the thing is, when you start learning about God and if you make the mistake to get too many books about the Bible instead of reading the Bible for yourself, instead of keeping things simple, you will make spiritual things so complex that you will always find yourself in a place where it feels like you don't know enough or it feels like you're one insight away from where you need to be. Or the solution you need is always around the next corner. And the thing is, is that you're making things more complicated than they need to be. It's just as Jesus said, unless you become like a child, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. So just think of how a child is. Now, of course, in another part of the Bible, this says don't be childish in your understanding. But what are the things that Jesus taught? Those are the things you have to understand. So if you read these things over and over again and you don't practice them, you'll become bored because unless you're actually doing what you're learning, it really doesn't have any, any place in your daily life experience. So that's what some people do. They read a lot. They have a lot of information about the Bible, but they don't really overcome in life. They don't really succeed in moving forward and making progress. They don't really develop as people, as godly people, as faith-filled people, as people who exhibit God's love in their life. They don't really have any of those things. All they have is information. And the reason is, is because they're hearing things, but they're not doing them. So when you get right down to it, there's very simple things and very few things that the Bible actually tells us to do. So it gives us information, but it doesn't give us so much information that now we, that we get confused. And Jesus, when he taught, really taught simply when you get right down to it. So you can intellectualize the parables and, and, and get really down in, into it. You can really get into the philosophy of, well, what was really meant? by this. But remember, the people that he preached to, they were simple people. Do you think that he expected them to turn what he said into a philosophy? Or did he expected them to go out there and figure out what all the types and the shadows and the symbols meant? He expected them to take what they understood simply, just like the farmer takes the seed, decides that he wants to have a harvest. He plants the seed. He goes in Another day goes by, he goes out, he waters the seed. He protects the seed from animals or from birds. He waters it again. He goes in, he comes out. In other words, he stays with it doing the same simple things day in and day out. And what happens? It says the, the seed 
springs forth, it grows up, and he doesn't know how. And the beautiful thing about it is he doesn't have to know how. So if you apply that to your Christian experience, to your experience as a believer, then you know that you've got what the Bible says, and you have the very simple things I talked about last week. It's that the Bible says now abides these three things in your human spirit, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. So when you use that foundation in all of the things that you're connecting with in your life, in other words, faith, hope, and love are in operation when you're connecting with other people, when you're solving problems, when you're interacting with other people in the home. Faith, hope, and love, these three things are working in coordination with one another. You don't give up on people. Why? Because that force of hope is in you, and that force of patience is in you, and you can see not just where they're at today, but where they can be at tomorrow with God's help, right? I mean, that's the simple things that Jesus said and did in his ministry, right? We grow in faith. We grow in the area of hope, and we grow in the area of love. But if you make things too complicated, then you'll come to a point where you will find yourself reading more books about the Bible than you actually do reading the Bible because you won't understand everything. And you'll have these different thoughts and arguments and your belief system will become so complex. I don't care whether it's something very simple like praying for somebody. You'll be so caught up in what are the right words to say that you'll lose the essence of what faith is to begin with, right? Have faith in God. Faith in God produces the faith of God in a particular individual circumstance. The Bible says hope makes not ashamed. That's not just something that it's a theological talking point. That's something that, okay, if you didn't get a raise and you thought you were going to get one, or a situation turned around and now it looks like you're going to lose something that's important to you, that... We don't put our hope in our human connections. Our hope is in God. We don't put our hope in what we've already experienced in up until this point in our life. We're not basing tomorrow on what we experienced yesterday. We're putting our basing our hope, we're basing our, our faith on what God promised. Right? I mean, that's the whole idea of renewing your mind, of thinking about the Good things. What does it say in Philippians? That if you want peace in your life, to think about the things which are above. Whatever things are good, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are honest. You know the Philippians uh, in the fourth chapter? Those are the things that you're thinking about. You can't, um, you know, a lot of people today, and I know this will be hard for you to believe, but a lot of people today are looking to politics to solve life's problems. They think that if only a certain party or only a certain political ideology um, takes control, that, boy, most of our problems will be solved. But I've got to tell you that what we see happening today is maybe it's magnified from what it's been in the past. But Republicans, Democrats, whatever, these fights have been going on since before you were alive in all likelihood. I mean, if you look back in the papers in the past, when certain people were elected, 
people said, well, that, you know, it's the end now. This person is, you can actually read um, back in the 1700s, they have clippings where uh, one candidate said, well, if another will get in, you might as well just throw out the Declaration of Independence. He's going to do away with it. Um, you might as well throw out the Constitution. He's going to change it completely. Uh, so these, none, none of these things are new. You know, but I don't put my hope in any of these things. And the Bible doesn't say to, to put your hope in, your, in leadership. It says to pray for them so that you can have quiet and peaceable lives. But we don't see things very peaceable, peaceable right now. So, you know, most of the time when you pray and God moves, you'll find yourself in the same position as you see in Mark chapter 4, verse 27, you'll go to sleep, you'll get up the next day, and you'll be believing, and you keep on believing, you keep on encouraging your faith, you keep on looking forward to seeing the visible result, and it'll happen, and most of the time you'll know not how. I mean, sometimes you won't even know when it happened, but suddenly everything will change. You know, I go back to uh, 2000. And I believe it was seven. 2007, I remember I was having some uh, business problems and I, I just needed some things to come together and I just couldn't figure things out. And I tried praying and the praying didn't seem to be doing any good. And I tried studying um, different um, details of the problem and the issue trying to figure out how to do things. And then I finally gave up. And I don't know if gave up is really the right way to put it. Maybe give in was another way to put it. But I remember just being at my, at the end of my rope, so to speak. And I remember praying and I said, God, if you don't help me, I, I don't know what to do. I can't keep playing with this situation and problem. Because just when I think, just when I think that I have it beat or just when I think that I, I have exactly the last piece I need to put all this together, it turns out something else is missing or it didn't work the way I thought. I, I'm just tired of doing this. And so I'm just going to put it in your hands and live my life. I don't know what's going to happen, meaning that I don't know what tomorrow will bring or the details. It wasn't. I wasn't doubting God, but I was doubting my ability to hold on to God, if that makes any sense. I wasn't doubting God's love. I wasn't doubting God's ability. What I was doubting was my ability to grab onto God in such a way that it was going to make a difference. And so basically what I was saying to him is, I'm at a point now where, you know, I've done what I can do. You know, I mean, imagine a child, a small child, coming to its parent and saying, I, I just can't move that barbell on the floor and get it out of the way. I tried this I tried rolling it it's just too big for me and I can't be done so peace came after that and I just started living and within the next several months the situation gradually changed and the issue the problem disappeared altogether didn't happen immediately and you know I used to be in the past I would try and look at every little detail um, just to it, you know what it would be like it would be like, imagine taking a trip, a long trip, and you're so concerned about the automobile that you were driving in that you pulled over and you checked everything about every 10 minutes. You know, you checked to make sure there was no oil leaking. 
or there was no um, that the belts were still uh, looking good, that nothing had moved or frayed or anything like that, or there was no liquids dripping from underneath the car, or, or you checked all the tires to make sure you hadn't picked up a nail or anything like that. And you couldn't even drive in peace because you were worried about all of these things that could happen, you know, and you're worried about keeping everything just right. So you try and micromanage the situation. You, you get involved beyond your ability uh, and, and you can't control what's happening. And so you the opposite happens. You lose control. So faith, real Bible faith, real faith that's of the heart, it doesn't take strength to carry it. It's just the reverse of that. It's carrying you. Your faith is carrying you. You're not carrying your faith. Does that make any sense? Your prayers are carrying you. You're not carrying your prayers. Um, all right. So I'm just going to put that on pause here. I think, I mean, I could go on and on about this, but I, I don't want it to beat it to death. I've given you enough to think about that if you're overthinking things, if you're trying too hard, take the opposite approach. Take the approach of, of, a, of a child looking to its father. Put God where he deserves to be. Let God be God in your, in your life. I'm not saying that you don't speak words of faith, that you don't keep doing it. Because like I said before, those three things, faith, hope, and love, just keep yourself filled with them to the best you know how. And stop over complicating everything and just live your life. We're in the beginning of a new year. This could be the change of everything for you. You could be at the doorstep, literally, of a totally different life 12 months from now. But it doesn't happen if you just keep on doing the same things you've done in the past. It comes by simply recognizing that sometimes you just have to make some adjustments. And one of those adjustments, I believe, is that you're making things just too hard. And you're being too hard on yourself. So have simple childlike faith. Be like the guy, that farmer, in Mark chapter 4, verse 27, where you water your seeds, you do what you know how to do, you know, you're not lazy, in other words, but you're doing what you know how to do. And you rise up in the morning and then you go to sleep at night and let that seed happen on its own. What does the Bible say? That the earth brings forth fruit of its own. The seed grows and he knows not how. You don't have to do any of that. that none of that is your responsibility. Like it says in um, Mark eleven twenty-three and 24, Believe and it shall come to pass. The it shall come to pass part has nothing to do with you any more than the seed brings forth its uh, fruit and the farmer knows not how. We don't know how it's going to come to pass or what day particularly that we'll see it. All your responsibility to do is to believe you receive it now and let that now continue to be now, whether it's one day, two days, or ten days down the line whether it's one month, two months, or three months down the line, just keep on keeping on and let God make all of the rest of the process work for you. Because the alternative to that is to overcomplicate everything, 
to get so burdened down with systems, approaches, mindsets, and all of this junk that hasn't worked for you in the past, so why should it be any different now? And really make this the beginning, this new year, of something better in your life. So that's it for now. Uh, Again, this is Jim. Please visit the main website. Sign up for updates. That address is www.faithtestedbyfire.com. That address again is www.faithtestedbyfire.com. Okay, that's it. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you the next time.